Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. Beginning in verse 32, we have these words. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him were his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So ends the reading of God's holy word. The Bible instructs Christians to be encouraging to one another. And this is the third sermon in a series that I plan to preach on the subject of encouragement because we are told in the book of Hebrews to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Last week, if you heard that sermon, I told about a man from Mississippi named Dolphus Weary and how God used the words of a high school coach to encourage him in life-changing ways. Today I want us to look at a man in the Bible whose nickname was Encouragement. His name is Joseph. And the first place he is mentioned in the Bible is in Acts chapter 4 in the passage we just read. And it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas. Joseph was given a nickname by the apostles, Barnabas, which meant son of encouragement. So when the disciples looked at Joseph, they said, here is Barnabas. Here is that son of encouragement. So I want us to look for a few minutes today and what there was about the life of Joseph or Barnabas to earn him such a nickname. And I want us to see five qualities of an encourager. I'll, I'll read from some selected passages in the book of Acts. The first characteristic of an encouraging person is that that person will give freely of his or her resources. We see that here in Acts chapter 4 in the verses I read, verses 32 and following, where it says that he, in verse 37, sold the field he owned and brought it and put the money at the apostles' feet. So Barnabas sells a piece of property. He gives the money over to the church so that they can distribute it to those who had particular needs at the time. Barnabas shows us that an encourager gives freely of his resources. Encouragers by and large, recognize that what they have really doesn't belong to them, but that God has entrusted it to them in order to help other people. Barnabas freely gave. If you want to encourage someone, one of the ways you can do that is through things that are tangible. When we, when you or I or my family or, or yours, sends money and support to help students or foreign missionaries or others in Christian ministry. It's basically an expression of encouragement. 
It's letting that person or that family know we are tangibly behind what you are doing in your ministry. When we give time or talent or resources, it can be a great encouragement to another person. So do you encourage people in tangible ways? Perhaps someone whom you can think of right now that that you could encourage by meeting a material need that that person may have. Uh, Perhaps that person needs transportation. They may need a car. Uh, You may have a a used car that you could loan them or or give to them, or or maybe they need food uh, or something else. Encouragers freely give of their resources and also they give while not expecting anything in return. When they give, it's over. That's the end of the story. I think an encouraging person typically could care less whether they get any credit for what they've done. Their major goal is to meet the need. Corey Ten Boom years ago put it well. She said, I've learned not to hold onto anything too tightly because it hurts too much to have God pry back my fingers to get to it. So I've learned to live my life with an open hand so that God can put in and he can take out whatever he wants. And that way I never miss the blessing. So we see there in the book of Acts that encouragers like Barnabas give freely of their resources. A second quality that encouraging people display is that of accepting people where they are. Barnabas shows this over in Acts chapter 9. I won't read the passage, but in the opening verses, we, we find out about Saul of Tarsus, who would later become the apostle Paul. And in Acts chapter 9, Saul is on a, a mission. He is on a mission to persecute Christians. He is totally opposed to what they are saying and what they are doing. And while he is on this mission, he is dramatically converted. Uh, And the the story goes into detail, but to to make a long story short, because of his conversion, uh, his his comrades, his, his Jewish comrades, conspire to kill him because he now begins to defend the message of Christ, to argue with them in the synagogues, and to debate them about the very things that he had opposed just really a matter of days, if not a week or two earlier. So he has opposition from that group that he had formerly been a part of. Uh, but then he has another unexpected source of opposition, and that we write, read later in Acts chapter 9 comes from the believers. He goes to them, and they're afraid of him. They think he's uh, trying to trick them, trying to gain an advantage. So they won't accept him. So he's, he's at odds with the Jews that he came from, and the Christians will not accept him. He, he is a man without identity. Uh, and so we, we read, though, that when Barnabas heard this, he goes to him. He goes to Saul of Tarsus and uh, later Paul, and he accepts him. It's in Acts chapter 9, verses 27 to 28. It says, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, 
speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So Barnabas, as an encouraging person, had the vision to see beyond Saul's past. He saw his potential, and he had the courage to speak up for Saul when others would not. He gave no thought to Saul's past reputation uh, or the fact that he had persecuted Christians. Do you see the second characteristic of an encouraging person? uh, Encouragers are willing to accept you where you are and help you get where you need to go. They have a wonderful ability to let the past be the past and to start fresh where you are. They realize the truth of what the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. So we read in 2 Corinthians 5. And because of uh, believing that and affirming that, encouragers can pick up anyone from where that person is and help that person get to where they need to be. And part of the reason they can do that is because encouragers make allowances for their own faults. They realize there are no perfect people. Years ago, I read of a woman who, who wrote into Dear Abby, and she wrote, I am 44 years old. I'd like to find a man my age with no bad habits. And Abby wrote back, so would I. There are no people with, without bad habits. Uh, there are no people without faults. And, and we have to make allowances for each other's faults. So encouragers do that. They give freely of their resources. They also accept you where you are. The third characteristic of an encourager is that they get excited about the progress of others. Moving on in the book of Acts now to chapter 11, verses 19 to 22 says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Well, why did the church send Barnabas the church in Jerusalem send Barnabas to this new, this new group of believers, this growing group of believers in the city of Antioch. Well, think about it. What do new Christians need? What does a new believer need? They need fellowship. They need the supportive fellowship of other Christians. They need prayer on their behalf. Uh, a new believer needs instruction. Uh, about growing in Christ. But you know what else they need? They need encouragement. They need encouragement. And that's what Barnabas offered them when he arrived. Uh, There in verses 23 and 24. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Encouragers become excited about the progress of others. When they see someone growing in the Lord, when they see someone making progress in sanctification, they truly get excited about it. There's no competition. There's no one-upmanship. 
when they see a, a young Christian couple that's just gotten married and, they, and they're growing in their marriage, they're excited about it. Uh, when they see people making progress in their walk with God, they become excited about it. Uh, there's no jealousy. There's no envy. There's a genuine excitement because encouraging people just want to see others make progress. I was one of the ministers uh, for a funeral here at, at our church. And the man who had passed away, I was acquainted with, but I did not know him well. He was an older gentleman. And one of his grown sons, one of his adult sons, uh, said a few words that day at the service. I don't remember much else of what he said except this comment. He said, my father always said, never discourage a young person. Never discourage a young person. What a key thing. Those are the words of an encourager. Uh, not to discourage not only a young person, but any other person. So encouragers give freely of their resources. Encouragers accept you where you are. And encouragers, like Barnabas, get excited about the progress of others. Let me show you a couple of more things we see about Barnabas. Uh, also in chapter 11 of Acts, uh, verses 24 and 25, I read, it said, "...a great number of people were brought to the Lord." there under Barnabas in Antioch. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for him. What does this show us? Encouragers meet the current need. Now this is an unusual passage. The church in Jerusalem sends Barnabas to Antioch. The response to his ministry is almost miraculous. Multiple people are coming to faith in Christ. You would think that would be affirmation that Barnabas should remain there doing exactly what he was doing. And yet, what does the passage tell us? Even while this happens, he leaves to go to look for Saul. Barnabas knew that the need of this new church in Antioch was to establish those new believers in the truth. And he knew the right person to do that was Paul, rather than himself. So he goes to look for Paul. And when he finds him, they go back to Antioch, and for an entire year, they stay there meeting with the church and teaching new Christians. What does this show us? Encouragers want to meet the need even by realizing they are not the best person to do that. Barnabas knew himself, and he knew that from a teaching standpoint, Paul was what the church needed in Antioch. So encouragers are not out to make a name for themselves. They could care less about being in the limelight or drawing attention. They just want the need to be met, and they are excellent at networking to say, I know the right person who can do this. And that's what Barnabas did with Paul. He knew that Paul had teaching gifts and that the church needed to be fed, and so he put those together. He saw Paul over here with these gifts. He saw the great need in Antioch, and he networks them together. Last of all, the fifth quality of an encourager is that the encouragers give others a second chance. And this is one of the uh, sad notes in the Bible. It's in Acts chapter 15. I'll read it to you in verses 36 through 40. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and let us see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, who is also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think 
that it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. So there in Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas decide that they need to go back and they need to visit the churches that they had helped to establish. But there's a problem, and that problem had a name on it, and that problem was John Mark. But Barnabas wants to take him along. Uh, Paul feels he'll threaten the, uh, the mission because he had deserted them before. And the separation, I mean, the disagreement is so severe, it is so sharp between Barnabas and Paul that they part ways at that time. Barnabas takes Mark with him. He goes to Cyprus. Paul chooses Silas. Now, Mark had deserted them on Paul's first missionary journey. Um, we don't know all the reasons why. But we see here the fifth, fifth characteristic of an encouraging person like Barnabas. They are the kind of people who are willing to give others a second chance. They realize that one failure doesn't mean total failure. And they live by the slogan, try again. That's exactly what Barnabas did for Mark. He gave him another chance. So I conclude with this. Today is Mother's Day. Uh, many of us, not all of us, but many of us had the great blessing of growing up in a family uh, where we were encouraged by our mothers. I had that blessing. Uh, I am here today without a doubt uh, because of the prayers of a godly mother who passed away almost 15 years ago. But I want to tell you that if you go to the Smithsonian Museum, it houses some of the paintings of Benjamin West. Uh, Benjamin West uh, painted historical scenes in the late 1700s and early 1800s, uh, such as historical scenes such as Benjamin Franklin capturing electricity. Benjamin West was from a family of 10 children, and he was entirely self-taught in, in his artistry. When his mother, uh, he told the story of one day when his mother left the house, uh, he would do as he normally did, and he'd pull out the oil paints, and he would begin to paint. And one day while she was away, he pulled out all the paints, and he said he created quite a mess. And he was trying very hastily to get it cleaned up before his mother came back. But he was not, not successful. And she came in, and he was sitting there amidst this huge mess that he has made with his oil paints and so forth. And Wes said that, that what she said next completely surprised him. She could have scolded him. She could have complained that he had made such a mess, that he had not been responsible. And yet she picked up this painting, he said, that did not look like much of anything. And she looked at it and said, my, what a beautiful painting of your sister. And Benjamin West, West said at that point, she kissed him on the cheek and walked away. And he said, with that kiss, I became a painter. Are you attempting to be an encourager to others? Are you asking, what is God doing in this person's life and how can I help? The book of Romans chapter 10 says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let us pray together. Our Father, you have said that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and that one is Christ in our lives. And we thank you that you've sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to be our comforter, our encourager. And may by that same Spirit produce in us the desire and ability to encourage others. And we would pray even now that if there are those who are very discouraged watching this, that you might lift them up and give hope and a special measure of your Holy Spirit's comfort and optimism about the future. And, and give us the ability to look beyond our own circumstances and to look out for the interest of others, counting others as more important than ourselves. And we thank you especially today, Lord, that for those of us who had mothers that sacrificed and encouraged and taught and persevered with us when we were young, uh, we thank you for them, those uh, living and those not here with us, and ask your blessing today on mothers uh, here in our city and all around the world. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. He is our hope, our only redeemer in this world and the next. We pray in his name. Amen. Now receive God's blessing. Uh, this from the book of Numbers, the ironic benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.